Welcome to the Static Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony T. This is episode 69. All right, July is out and August is in. Thank you for joining me on this August 2nd, 2022, Tuesday. Now, let me just jump into some current events. We have Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, takes a trip to Taiwan. Now, this is causing all types of trouble with China because supposedly Taiwan is, you know, China's territory. Taiwan says different. We say we're uh, Taiwan's ally and so it's just a mess but i guess that's business as usual for 2022 everything's a mess but this is usually you should be done by the president of the united states if you're going over to other ally countries but he's tested positive like the third time for covid in like two weeks and i I, they just don't trust kamala because she just cackles the whole time and that's but I don't even know why Pelosi's there, to what she's doing, cutting deals, or who knows, but the Chinese aren't happy about it. Maybe focus on some problems at home here that we have going on and taking trips to Taiwan. And we have a State Department, like maybe let the ambassadors mull things over for now before, you know, you start going over there. I don't know, maybe just an idea. We have a State Department that deals with that stuff. But what's really messed up in the Asian uh hemisphere over there just to keep going with the uh 2022 uh trend uh myanmar aka burma they had they're having pretty much a civil war there with the uh, military government see they had an election also in 2020 and supposedly the democratic party won but the people in the military there was some shenanigans quote-unquote and they took over and the general installed himself as the president for now uh they de- they declared like a state of emergency so they just the people have been fighting back uh they just extended the state of emergency so there's this um you know like this uh something like a G20 but it's Asian countries and they have a yearly or whatever meeting and they wanted to kind of get them on track but you know they're not they're not accepting any military representation from Burma they want like a neutral person to come there so they can figure out a peace plan for Burma but it seems that the general's not having it and he's calling basically the people terrorists now and it's a whole mess so basically what our show trial the january 6th insurrection trial that the democrats are putting on what they're portraying is actually happening in burma like a legit insurrection happened in burma but we're we, we're pretending making a big stink out of this a couple of people enter the capital so let's come back here to the united states with this messed up trend for 2022 and it just brings me back to 2020 when the quote-unquote pandemic was going on, lockdowns, and everybody's like, man, 2021 better be a better year. And 2021 came along, and it was still crap. And then everybody's like, 2022 has to be a better year. And nope, still crap, even worse. Violent crimes are still up like in the 30s percentiles in democratically run cities uh that's like new york chicago la crime still happening shootings happening right now i am a believer that things get real interesting in august because it's like the last official uh, summer month and it's really and people just want to let loose before fall and stuff and things get really crazy in august 
now it seems that everyone's kind of the narrative is shifting that well it's not the guns because these cities have the most stringent gun laws and it may be these bail reform laws that they 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 enacted like during the pandemic and the whole defund the police stuff and maybe uh, they started looking into these DAs that are you know progressive and are trying to not hold people in jail as much they keep releasing these violent criminals and these violent criminals keep doing more violent crimes in the matter of like there's cases where it's within the next week within a week of release they're doing another crime or a couple of weeks but they're committing more crimes there's there's no consequences for them san francisco actually ended up recalling their district attorney because things were getting so bad the guy wasn't doing anything and they elected a lady that was you know seemed that she wanted to clean up the crime so people started looking into these DAs as what was their deal, and they all had one thing in common, and they were all funded, had donations to their campaigns by George Soros. And Mr. Soros is this 90-something-year-old international philanthropist that has all these organizations that are looked upon not too pro productive to country sovereignties they're they're kind of like more geared toward globalization and things of that matter so he is on the level of the Koch brothers if you ever heard of them but like uber wealthy global influencers and you really never heard of george soros he was never he was very low-key you never heard him really in the mainstream media but people who were familiar with this kind of stuff, you know, people would call these people conspiracy theories. They knew about him and they knew what he was involved in. So now the internet came about and his name started popping up and there was more exposure. He was exposed more into stuff he did where previously, if, you know, the newspapers didn't write about him, you wouldn't know about him. But with the internet, his name started popping up more and more and more and people started looking into him. So now with everything going on and the police, and I guess, I don't know, in his old age, uh, he had a opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. So the title is, Why I Support Reform Prosecutors, Justice or Safety? Is it a False Choice? They Reinforce Each Other. By George Soros, July 31st, 2022. Americans desperately need a more thoughtful discussion about our response to crime. People had had enough of the demagoguery and divisive partisan attacks that dominate the debate and obscure the issues. Like most of us, I'm concerned about crime. One of government's most important roles is to ensure public safety. I have been involved in efforts to reform the criminal justice system for more than 30 years I have been a philanthropist. Now allow me to interrupt. First of all, where George Soros lives, there is no crime. Uh, I can guarantee you that probably where he lives, there, he doesn't even live in the United States, I believe. There's no crime. He's just so wealthy, he probably has a huge wall or a moat around his house. Secondly, he's been involved, he's telling you he's been involved in reforming the criminal justice system for more than 30 years. So here we are voting for these district attorneys that, you know, are running for office. You're thinking they're going to like fight crime and they have another agenda because this guy's funding them and this guy's doing it for 30 years. So you're like voting and voting. You're like, man, nothing seems to be going well or getting better. Why is that? Well, this is why. This, this is why people are taking this guy's money and doing his bidding in public office. I continue. Your system is rife with injustices that make 
us all less safe. The idea that we need to choose between justice and safety is false. They reinforce each other. If people trust the justice system, it will work. And if the system works, public safety will improve. We need to acknowledge that black people in the U.S. are five times as likely to be sent to jail as white people. That is an injustice that undermines our democracy. So he throws out the statistics that black people go to jail more than white people. Well, in urban areas, there's probably more black people than white people. That's why they go to jail more. I continue. We spend $81 billion every year keeping around 2 million people in prisons and jails. We need to invest more in prevention crimes with strategies that work, deploying mental health professionals in crisis situation, investing in youth job programs, and creating opportunity for education behind bars. This reduces the likelihood that those prisoners will commit new crimes after release. So let me get this straight. This guy's old and senile because you're funding DAs where they're releasing criminals. And now you're saying that we need to invest in job programs, in jail, education behind bars. Well, how do you educate people behind bars when you're not keeping them there and just letting them go into the street? Let's see what else. In recent years, reform-minded prosecutors and other law enforcement officials around the country have been coalescing around an agenda that promises to be more effective and just. This agenda includes prioritizing the resources of the criminal justice system to protect people against violent crime. It urges that we treat drug addiction as a disease, not a crime, and it seeks to end the criminalization of poverty and mental illness. Now, no one is criminalizing poverty and mental illness and drug addiction. If you commit a crime, if you're a drug addict and you need to get high and you rob somebody, that's against the law and you will get arrested if you get caught. At that point, if you have a drug problem, the judge can send you to treatment. And if your treatment doesn't work and you go out, well, treatment, you have to treat yourself. And you keep doing it over and over and over again. Guess what? You should stay in jail and then maybe long enough you will... Get help in jail, of course, and become, you know, a productive person of society. And now, what do you do if you have, uh, God forbid, that there is a smart criminal and he catches on to this, like, addiction thing and he games that in the court and gets, goes to jail and, oh, I'm an addict and gets released or goes to rehab, gets released and keeps doing it? Then what? He's just gaming the system. He's not a legit addict he's just a criminal that's gaming the system and there are people like that all right we're a little bit more than halfway through this agenda aiming at both safety and justice is based on both common sense and evidence it's popular it's effective the goal is not defunding the police but restoring trust between the police and the police a partnership that forces the solving of crimes some politicians and pundits have tried to blame recent spikes in crime on the policies of reform-minded prosecutors the research i've seen says otherwise the most rigorous academic study analyzing data across 35 jurisdictions shows no connection between the election of reform-minded prosecutors and local crime rates. In fact, violent crime in recent years has generally been increasing more quickly in jurisdictions without reform-minded prosecutors. Murder rates have been rising faster in some Republican states led by tough-on-crime politicians. Now, he talks about common sense and evidence. It's popular. It's effective. He has he is so out of touch with regular life because he's so rich. He has no idea. He's saying that 
that there's the academic studies. That's just, this is this is nonsense he's speaking about. What I want you to realize is that data across 35 jurisdictions shows no connection between the election of reform-minded prosecutors and local crime rates. So this guy funded about 35 quote-unquote reform-minded prosecutors in these districts. He's basically saying, hey, it's, it's not my 35 reform-minded district attorneys. It's, it's the red states are having an issue with crime rate going up. I mean, come on, lock this guy up. He continues, serious scholars researching causes behind the recent increase in crime have pointed to other factors, a disturbing rise in mental illness among young people due to the isolation imposed by COVID lockdowns, a pullback in pol polis policing in the wake of public criminal justice reform protests, and increase in gun trafficking. Many of the same people who call for more punitive criminal justice policies also support looser gun laws. This is why I have supported the election and more recently the re-election of prosecutors who support reform. I have done it transparently and I have no intention of stopping. The funds I provide enable sensible reform-minded candidates to receive a hearing from the public. Judging by the results, the public likes what it's hearing. Mr. Soros is founder of Soros Fund Management and the Open Society Foundations. Now, I don't know what he's talking about with the whole transparency, you know, like the, the, the candidates weren't there with like a big banner funded by Soros. None of these guys, you know, give out their donors and stuff like that. So I don't know what he's talking about. And then basically he tells you, F you, I'm not stopping. So this guy has no no care about what you want. It's what he wants. So that last part of like the uh, he's the founder of Open Society Foundations. He has multiple foundations, and he's not the only guy doing this. There's other guys doing this. There's a good Glenn Beck series that uh, Kentaji Jackson Brown, this new Supreme Court uh, uh, justice. She was backed by one of these types of people. That there there is no. Uh, they're not loyal to like the system, the justice system and law. They're loyal to these people. And this is the problem. That's why this country is in the shape it is in. And it happens with politicians also. These quote unquote transparent people are, are basically running this country. And like Soros says, if you don't like it, he's still going to keep doing it. So it, it, the ball's in your court, American people. Now, I hope this was informative for you. These are things going behind the scenes in our country. So that'll wrap up this episode. I'm your host, Anthony T. This is the Static Podcast. You could reach me at staticpodcast.net. Like, subscribe, donate. This is a value for value podcast. I take no advertisement. You can stream Satoshi's Get Yourself a New Podcast app at newpodcastapps.com. And I will see you next week. 